Dogs, the feeders, are drawn. They are mankind's vultures, picking clean the bones of human emotion, of shattered lives. They are the word's creation, an enigmatic part of the equation that defines the balance in all things and requires accountability for human behavior. No one is exempt. No one is spared. When madness prevails over reason, when what is darkest and most terrible surfaces, the feeders are there. As they are now, he thinks, watching, unseen and unknown, inexplicable in their single-mindedness, they are always there. He sees them tearing at the combatants closest to the city's edges, feeding on the strong emotions generated by the individual struggles of life and death taking place at every quarter, responding instinctively to the impulses that motivate their behavior. They are a force of nature, and as such, a part of nature's law. He hates them for what they are, but he understands the need for what they do. Something explodes in the center of the burning city, and a building collapses in a low rumble of stone walls and iron girders. He could turn away and look south and see only the green of the hills and the silver glint of the lakes and the sound spread out beneath the snowy majesty of Mount Rainier. But he will not do that. He will watch until it is finished. He notices suddenly the people who surround him. There are perhaps several dozen ragged and hollow-eyed figures slumped down in the midday gloom, faces streaked with rain and ash. They stare at him as if expecting something. He does not know what it is. He is no longer a knight of the word. He is just an ordinary man. He leans on the rune-carved black staff that was once the symbol of his office, and the source of his power. What do they expect of him? An old man approaches, shambling out of the gloom, stick thin and haggard, an arm as brittle as dry wood, lifts and points accusingly. I know you, he whispers hoarsely. Ross shakes his head in denial, confused. I know you, the old man repeats. Bald and white-bearded, his face is lined with age and by weather, and his eyes are a strange milky color, their focus blurred. I was there when you killed him all those years ago. Killed who? Ross cannot make himself speak the words, only mouth them, aware of the eyes of the others who are gathered, fixing on him as the old man's words are heard. The old man cocks his head and lets his jaw drop, laughing softly, the sound high and eerie, and with this simple gesture he reveals himself. He is unbalanced, neither altogether mad nor completely sane, but something in between. He lives in a river that flows between two worlds, shifting from one to the other, a leaf caught by the current's inexorable tug his destiny beyond his control. The wizard. The old man spits, his voice rising brokenly in the hissing sound of the rain. The wizard of Oz. You are the one who killed him. I saw you. There, in the palace he visited, in the shadow of the tin woodman, in the emerald city, you killed the wizard. 
You killed him. You. The worn face crumples and the light in the milky eyes dims. Tears flood the old man's eyes and trickle down his weathered cheeks. He whispers, O oh God, it was the end of everything. And Ross remembers then the jagged-edged, poisonous memory he had thought forever buried, and he knows with a chilling certainty that what the old man tells him is true. John Ross opened his eyes to the street-lit darkness and let his memory of the dream fade away. Where had the old man been standing that he could have seen it all? He shook his head. The time for memories and the questions they invoked had come and gone. He stood in the shadows of a building backed up on Occidental Park in the heart of Pioneer Square, his breath coming in quick, ragged gasps.